What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at writingbycolby and also at popculturishub.com. I said the name of the re- website wrong last week, but that's the right one. What's up, everybody? It's David Rivero. You can find me on Twitter at drivero1222. Hello, it's your boy Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. I am Aaron. I got a new console yesterday. I got a PlayStation. But a PlayStation 4. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Get with the times, Aaron. You were about to make I everybody am with the drunk. times of 2013. <laughs> Actually, a bunch of my internet friends got PlayStation 5, so I'm not sure how. Yeah. How? I've, how? I've tried, I've tried how? to get Xbox <laughs> for days now, and just no. I'm begging Kyle Kuzma on Twitter for a freaking PS5. <laughs> I can't even find one. I know. I um. I'm waiting until I move to to buy a PlayStation Five. I figure I'll just since I'm spending a bunch of money at one time anyway, I might as well spend more. So <laughs> the thing is, like, I don't need it, but the fact that it's backwards compatible with the PS4 makes me want it because it's like it doesn't like my my reasoning for not getting one is like, oh, I have a backlog of games that I need to finish before I want to move on to another console. And then they're like, but you could play those games on the shiny PS5 and you get to keep your games. And I'm like, well, sign me up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it would be super clutch if I got to keep all my progress for Final Fantasy seven part one onto Final Fantasy seven part two, because I low key crushed that game and I'm in a really good place if I get to keep all of my stuff. But I don't know. I want it. I want it bad. I know. Anyway, happy Victory Monday, y'all. Victory Sunday. Never right? Or Monday while you're Never listening to it. Never in doubt. <laughs> Just- <laughs> Heels almost hung 60 on Wake Forest yesterday, as we're recording. It was... Uh, 59-53. Like- 59-53. As Mav said, it was never in doubt. The Heels were, were in control the Just entire time. Just as we planned time. it. <laughs> we had them where we wanted them the whole game. So I'm curious. So I went actually. I actually went back in because I recorded the game. I went back and watched, like the um, the the middle section. So I basically didn't watch, like, middle of the second quarter to middle of the third quarter. So I missed that middle like portion of the game, and then I cl- I checked back in at the end of the third, going into the fourth quarter. Um, but Kobe said this. I mean, he put it in the in the Discord. He was like. Yeah, it doesn't seem as hopeless as it was at FSU or UVA. And like as I was watching back, it was like there were moments, but it wasn't nearly as bad as like it was seeming on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like there were some missteps, but it wasn't like the earth shattering mistakes that were happening in FSU. Like it was like you felt like if they could just execute like they were doing early, they could make it work. And, you know, you have Sam Howell, so anything is possible, you know, praise be. But, um, yeah, I mean, I watched through and maybe it's like a, a, a little bit of rose tinted, you know, glasses because I I knew we were I knew we were going to win when I watched that middle <laughs> section. But um, I could see where people were frustrated, but the defense did step up. They made those stops. I don't know what happened to Wake Forest offense in the like late third into the fourth quarter. But um, I know what happened. <laughs> what, what happened? They stopped running the ball. Uh, they said, Sam Hartman, you are going, or Sam Howell, as um, 
whichever Hasselbeck was calling that game decided that both quarterbacks were Sam Howell. Uh, they said, <laughs> you're going to, both Sam Howells are going to win this game and our Sam Howell was better. I think that, so I was listening to Split Zone Duo this morning, uh, which is a, a Moon Crew podcast. And they brought up something interesting that I hadn't considered before, um, mostly because they're much smarter than I am. But they were talking about how the combination of Phil Longo and Jay Bateman is not a a good combination. And this is why. Phil Longo's offense is built to score quickly. Like, they are going to take shots. They are going to try to score from 60 yards out. And a lot of times we do. Let's think about Jay Bateman's history. Jay Bateman came from Army. As we saw earlier this year when Army had that beautiful 90-yard drive that took 11 minutes, Jay Bateman is used used to defenses sitting on the sideline for most of the game while the offense worked. So now when we get to him coming to North Carolina, we're seeing a lot of the defense getting gassed very quickly. I don't know how that works with like conditioning and everything, but we're getting gashed a lot. And a lot of it, I feel like is not all of it. It's like effort, but it's a bunch of us like gambling on getting to a quarterback quickly. And when that doesn't happen, it leads to scores more often than it would when he was at his last jobs. Now, I remember that being a conversation when they were first hired, and it's like the bend but don't break, and it's sort of thing where we kind of are, in a way, hurting ourselves, believe it or not, because like the first drive, I mean, Wake Forest has a really good drive. It goes scores the first touchdown, and then we score on the first play of the drive, if I'm not mistaken, to Daz Newsom for a 74-yard touchdown. So, yay, we scored seven points. The game's tied, but crap, the defense has to come right back out. This defense who is in there, this is seven straight weeks of playing football games, which is a lot more than most everybody in the country who, because of, you know, a a global pandemic, can't seem to stay on the, can't seem to play games as much as we have. We, By the way, we've had great pandemic luck as it comes to um, being able to play these games. But yeah, this bye week, I feel like it's going to do a lot for us. But let's keep talking about the game. I think also on the subject of the defense, I think that we've just noticed how important having good players on the defensive line is. I think that we've really, really missed Aaron Crawford and Jason Strobridge this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. Now, because you like, can tell that our lead nose tackle is a JUCO transfer. That's no disrespect to Ray Bahasic. But you you can tell that there is a, a difference. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Our linebackers are good, but they can't do everything up front. I think one thing that uh, I think the commentary team noticed, and Mac even pointed out in the press conference, is that there was a lot of young guys, particularly in this game, put in the secondary in the second half. Particularly when they put, I want to say, Jaquarius Conley at the nickel position and they put also Tony Grimes in at cornerback if I'm not mistaken and then that's also what helped a lot of the the third quarter kind of stops that we had on Wake Forest so that was really good to see that kind of production 
out of such young guys because I know Tony Grimes has been very highly touted ever since he came in. The kid should be in high school right now uh, and is playing Division One football in meaningful minutes and meaningful snaps. So that's really good thing there. And we just have to continue getting that for the team as a whole, particularly on the defense, because that's what, that's going to be the step we need to take to get to the next level. Your Notre Dame, your Clemson's, your Ohio State's is getting a solid two deep uh, that can come in. And so that there's not a drop off in talent when the first guy, the first ring comes out. Which Mac Brown will not be shy to tell you that Tony Grimes should be in high school right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he says that every time he talks. And that about also speaks to the overall conditioning aspect when you can have too deep. That in these kind of situations, you don't have to worry. It it's, at least mitigates the the burden of the defense staying health or staying uh, conditioned throughout the entire game. But on defense, like it's not so much too deep on defense. It feels like it has to be six deep because the corners and like the nickels move around so much because they've had to move around so much this year. Like you have to be deep at every single secondary position and that's hard to do. And we've been in the past, like we've been moving some linebackers down to safety, some safeties up to linebacker, but it's been an an arduous road. Do y'all know the, what the story is on storm duck right now? The report on Inside Carolina was that he broke his foot. They again, they since with the return of Mac, they've been very vague with the injuries. It's it's either upper body or lower body, and with no prognosis of week to week or day to day, just that they will be further evaluated. Someone on Inside Carolina, like not even, I don't think a reporter. It was like a fan pointed it, like that they found out he broke his foot, and is projected to be back either by Notre Dame or Miami, but practically out the season. Gotcha. I mean, he what? It was the first or second weekend that he got hurt. It was right? Boston College. Boston College. Okay, so not as early as I remember. Yeah, it was Boston College. I remember that now. Anyway, that's a big win. Wake Forest is a good team. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, going into this game, Wake Forest is the best team we've played so far. I mean, I thought at the beginning of the year, you know, Jamie Newman leaving, Sage Surratt opting out. I was like, oh, that's, that's probably going to be an off year for him. And that's kind of why they had opted out. And they did have some problems, too, like with COVID protocols or, or something like that. But they did lose to Clemson, and then they also lost to State. Correct? It was the second loss. And then they're, they've won four in a row, and then they darn near beat us. Um, it definitely looked that way in the first half. Just First half was kind of Florida State-esque. So I'll be honest, I took the third quarter off like a true band kid and came back the fourth quarter, <laughs> uh, and it got much better from there. I tried to tell y'all in the Discord. <laughs> I tried to tell y'all. Let it be um, known, Colby Waddell never lost a <laughs> Never, not once. He was like, y'all are missing it. It's going to happen. <laughs> I am the Holly Anderson of knowing when my team is out of it. <laughs> so the heels win 59 to 53. David, you had said on Twitter, I'm not sure why Boris went for two at the end of mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. And it, it, make, it makes sense now. <laughs> now that you, when you explain <laughs> it to me, it makes sense. Yeah, no, but it's a, 
it's one of those analytics things that I love. It's not the analytics thing that I don't like. So it's one of the ones that I actually prescribe to. So Wake Forest was down 14 uh, when they were about to score. They scored, which puts them down eight. Eight. Yeah, they were, they were down eight. And then they went for two. Here are the scenarios that happen that could have happened. They either go for two and they get it. They either go for one and they get it, or they go for two or one and they don't get it. That one doesn't really matter which one they go for because they don't get it either way. They go for two and they get it and they get the ball back and they score a touchdown, kick it extra point, they win the game. If they only kick the extra point, they can go down the field. They can either kick the extra point or go for a two-point conversion that has about a 50% chance of succeeding. If they don't get the two-point conversion that I talked about earlier, then it's still a one-possession game, but they know what they have to do to win the game. So I'm a fan of the decision that Coach Clawson did, which was going for two. And if you don't get it, you know what you have to do. If you do get it, then you can win the game with an extra point. I think that it it makes sense if you're planning on going for two to win the game in regulation. If you're not planning on going for two to win the game in regulation, then I don't think it's worth the risk. I don't know. I uh, because the thing about because uh, oh, making an extra point is like all but a given because they still kick it from the end zone in college football. Um, like you know that if you score twice, you're going to be able to tie the game, but you can at least bank on it. Whereas you don't know that with going for two. But the thing about going for two is, according to the numbers, it's about a 50% chance that you're going to get any given two-point conversion. So if you're going to maybe have to go for two twice, you're probably going to get one of them. So I get going for two no matter how you feel about your defense. But luckily we recovered the onside kick in that. And it didn't matter. Javante Williams got the onside kick. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that man don't drop the ball. You know, he had another touchdown. He's eight, the league lead or nation leading 18th touchdown on the season. But I get the real talk of the story is Sam freaking Howell um, and the offense. Five and 50 yards passing. Holy cow. So Brian Ives on Twitter at Away to Worthy used to work for ESPN Stats and Info now works for ACC Network. Said, and a Tar Heel <laughs> said to sum it up, tied the largest comeback in program history, largest second half comeback in program history, largest home comeback in program history. Sam Howell had the most passing yards, most touchdowns, most passing touchdowns, most touchdowns responsible for in program history. And the most yards in the game in program history. Sam Howell joins Lamar Jackson as the only ACC player with six touchdowns and one rushing touchdown in the game. It was a career game. It was. We are not going to see a quarterback performance like that in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, he is good at the football. I feel like there's not much more to say than that. He's really good at football. The only question is we when have players are going to draft Florida State. 
I just think about if we would have beat Florida State. Hey, Florida State may have won the battle a couple weeks ago, but we won a much bigger battle. I'll I'll just go ahead and and I'll take that as a moral victory now. (laughs) They might have beat us, but we still have Sam Howell. There is some attrition going on at Florida State. They are dropping players left and right. Should we look elsewhere across um, college football? What happened to Michigan State, man? Michigan State. Oh, that's not Michigan. the Michigan I thought you were going to talk about. Both, yeah. well, both, but like Michigan State's also been doing terrible. Yeah, well, they didn't do terrible against the other Michigan team, <laughs> and then that's they actually true. beat the other Michigan team, and then they Michigan's get shut out by story. Indiana. And then, Michigan's, Michigan's a big story, but Michigan State's also not looking so hot, you know. Well, Michigan State ran up against nine Indiana, so yeah. there's only cool. so much you can do about the best team in the Big Ten. I keep feeling more and more validated with every week with my Michigan take. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they're bad. I might be in Fire Harbaugh territory now. I don't know. It's really bad. At one point, um, their quarterback was 0 for 2 with both of those two being interceptions, and it was like midway through the second quarter. So none of his passes had touched the ground yet. (laughs) Thanks for that optimism. Uh, Penn State's real bad, too. Nebraska is probably better than their record, but I'm still laughing at how bad they are this season. That game was, of all the sickos games this week, Nebraska-Penn State might have been the sickos game of the week. I just spilled my drink all over myself, but it doesn't matter. I'm moving on. And then, oh yeah, Ohio State was canceled. Canceled. All of the SEC games were canceled except for (laughs) freaking um, Florida, Arkansas, and Ole Miss, South Carolina, which ended up being a pretty good game, Ole Miss, South Carolina. It just means more. It just means more. (laughs) There were so many games canceled this week in college football, and they're, they're going to finish the season. In what state? I have no clue, but they are going to finish this season. Yeah. I'm in curious, a state of disarray. Like, I'm watching this happen, and I'm wondering how college basketball is going to work, man. Because with with football, you've got what? What? How big? How big is, can the roster be? Like, how many people can you have? Like up to seventy something, right? Of like scholarship, but like the team, they're most teams on like their home fields. They have like a hundred people on the sideline. Right. So then, like, I don't know how you have a, an effective college basketball season when a lot of your positions go too deep, too deep, like max. <laughs> you know, it's going to be interesting because with football, you can throw out, you know, freshmen who got a scholarship, you know, three star, you know, from, you know, Waxhaw, North Carolina. But, <laughs> you know, when you got. Put some respect on Waxhaw. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't know that was a, that was a touchy subject. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like for contact tracing for college basketball, if one person sits, everyone has to sit. There's no well, way they haven't been within six feet of any person that's on the team or manager for that matter or coach for that matter. Yeah, it's going to be really tough, I think. But and then it's going to be crazy, like with no fans. Like we all we all hate the team that's eight miles down the road from Chapel Hill. But it is kind of going to be at least a little sad that the crazies are all but 
defanged this year with them not being able to be in the Cameron Indoor. So about that, I was talking to Carla about this. Duke is going to lose some games at home this year. And this is why I think that. Think about the NBA bubble where they were shooting in like a YMCA. So like the depth perception is great. The shooting lines are great because there is a wall that the basket is backed up against. It's easy to shoot in those sorts of gyms. I don't know if any of y'all have shot in like an arena before. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to the band for letting me do one of the halftime games on the NCAA tournament in Memphis. So I've gotten to like shoot threes in the NBA arena before. It's hard. It is much harder to shoot when it feels like you're shooting into an ocean versus like shooting up against a wall. It is much easier to shoot in Cameron than it is in like the Dean Dome. Yeah. So I feel like someone is going to go off for like 30 or 40 against Duke just because the shooting lines are going to be great in there with nobody else besides like um, the the television media coaches and players. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Do you think, I know this is never going to happen, but I just thought of it and I, my chaotic mind thinks that it would be fun bringing back opaque backboards to help <laughs> sight lines in big arenas that are empty. Why not? Because, I mean, like, it's not going to do anything with TV angles. And you're not blocking anyone's view. <laughs> but it would help the players immensely, I would imagine. I mean, it would probably help. That's, that's a great suggestion that I haven't thought of, and I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> I am looking elsewhere in college football, and it was really an unremarkable Saturday. Another thing for college basketball, while you are looking, um, we probably had the quietest National Signing Day ever. National Signing Day happened? Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know. So we we officially signed Dontrez Styles and DeMarco Dunn for next year. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. In-state yeah, product and styles. Uh, we also had DeMarco Dunn coming from Arizona, I want to say. I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head. So, Styles is a long three, athletic, potentially enough to play the four, given his size. So, that's really good. Um, that might be kind of the next kind of wing, leaky kind of player for next year. And then DeMarco Dunn is going to be like probably your – a solid two. This, I think th- I'm hoping that because last year was like a last year was a product of losing players early to the draft and losing really good players to the draft. Not just early, but you know it's hard to place Luke May, Cam Johnson, and Kobe White and Nas Little. We'll say what you want about him, but he's a he was a talented young player, and obviously he's doing well. In the, he's doing pretty well in the NBA. But, and also our best player in the tournament. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. um, it's hard to lose that many people and, and be successful the next year, or as successful the next year. So I think that was a product of losing people to the draft and having a, a small recruiting class. Because we, I think that was the recruiting class with um, Garrison, Sterling, and was it – who else was in that recruiting class? Was it Andrew? Was it Playtech? With Garrison, so I think, like, 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was just like it was like a product of a couple of different things, and there just wasn't enough talent and depth to to make anything really work. This year, I'm hoping that we kind of have that built back up. The next year, like I'm hoping that even though we have a smaller class coming in right now, that there are more. There's a little bit more continuity going yeah. forward. No. You know. And I think you just alluded to it. This is the Luke and Kenny kind of recruiting recruiting class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah, are going to exactly. be some three and four year stalwarts, I think, coming in. Um, to fill things out for the most part, because when you think about, I think on first glance, Anthony Harris is going to be three, four years. RJ Davis is probably going to be three, four years. DeMarco Dunn, three, four years. Dontre Styles, three, four years. So that's at least four mm-hmm. pretty solid pieces that we're going to have for the foreseeable future. Yeah. yeah. So we are number 16 in the AP poll, if I'm not mistaken. I'm looking into Kim Pom now. Right now, we are. 23rd in Ken Palm. Ken Palm puts a lot of weight onto returning minutes and returning production. So I feel like 23 is probably a bit more indicative of where we are as a team than 16. I, a lot of prestige comes with the North Carolina name. And, you know, I'll take it. I'll take number 16. Are we the 16th best team in the country? No, I think we're probably closer to 23. I'm I'm totally fine where given where we were last year, like we don't deserve to be a top ten team until we get back to playing like normal. We haven't seen it. That team's gonna start proving at the start of the season. So I'm totally fine yep. on where we are at. So and with how this season can go, uh, it's just kind of like whatever happens happens. Honestly, kind of getting crazier though. I don't know what if, if it's me uh, if it's losing leaving Carolina or if it's just because of how deeply ingrained we are in the one-and-done era. I have no idea who Duke's players really are. And and even for the last two or three years, like my overall just hate has gone down, quite honestly. It's not that I don't hate them, but it just doesn't seem as just raging. Maybe it's just because like, I'm not on campus in the, in, the, in the thick of it. I didn't hate Zion Williamson. I actually really enjoyed no, Zion Williamson. I really enjoyed watching Zion Williamson. I really enjoyed watching R.J. Barrett. I like, did not enjoy, oh, I did not enjoy Um But I didn't like hate him. I just didn't like how he played basketball. <laughs> yeah, but like it's like it's it's not like there's not that like visceral reaction. Like like I'm always not gonna like Shashevsky. I'm not gonna like Duke as a whole. I'm not gonna like the Cameron Crazies. But like as far as the players, like Grayson Allen was the last like I hate you player. Um, well, let me tell you, get ready for Matt Hurt, Matthew Hurt. He's coming. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, you know, yeah, he, he, he can take the cake. But um, also, I don't know why, like, he, he's, he was on some kind of list, like, this next year, like, of, like, potential breakout players. And I was like, I mean, I guess. But, like, he didn't really particularly impress me last year, whereas, like, Garrison was, like, eating all year and he was like our only reliable option i don't know where the matthew hurt hype is coming from i don't either but garrison i feel like a lot of the national media is going to be like what happened to garrison just because we have depth at the four and five now (laughs) so he's not going to have to do everything yeah and it's like you know you're going to have a a true bully ball center (laughs) next to him no disrespect to armando like seriously like armando could have gotten stronger and maybe he has a little bit more like strength in the paint i feel like a freshman big 
Like that's a really tough position to play as a freshman because you probably ha- you haven't built up that strength. You don't know what to expect, and you're going up against like the biggest of the big boys <laughs> in mm-hmm. college. You know, so I'm hoping that he gets some strength. I know he caught a lot of flack last year for not finishing strong at the rim, but he's a freshman big. But also, he's in, what 18, 19 years old. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like let's let's pump the brakes on like the the, the soft. Like that's the like people will be like, oh yeah, Armando is soft. I'm like. I wouldn't want to be in there either. Jesus. Like, <laughs> you know, come on. Yeah. I, I having, mean, I really like having Armando as a finesse big. I think yeah. that's what he can be. Like last year against state, when he hit like state center, I forget he was in the game. He hit him with a hezzy and got to the rim and finished around. Like that's who Armando is. And that's fine. The thing is, we also need a day run to finish up the messy stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we we definitely have been raving about uh, like going over men's signing day and everything. I, I feel the absolute need to talk about the women's signing day, where we at this point have signed the number two class in the country, uh, led by Coach Banghar. Only South Carolina is ahead of us in the recruiting rankings. All four players are in the top 20 of recruits coming in for next year. We're going to be good. We're going to be really good. Real good. You're real good. Um, one last thing about basketball before we change subjects. Last week we were talking about projecting the starting lineups. According to Inside Carolina, they believe that R.J. Davis and Caleb Love are both going to start. Caleb Love at the one, R.J. Davis at the two. So That's so interesting to me. It's, yeah, it's interesting to me too. I, I did see that. Did you? I, th- did, I think who sent that in the in the? Uh, was it you, Kobe, that you sent it? I said it in the Discord, but I don't think I sent like the whole article. I mean, it, it would definitely be a testament to how RJ would be playing in practice if he's going to start day one, and that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, if he's sure. going to go flamethrower status, like I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> if he's going to be that flamethrower guy. Who's like, yeah, who's that? Is it Chris? Is it Lyles? Who's the short guy likes, on Miami? Likes. 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 It's likes. If he's going to be like that, that guy where he's like small, but he's so frustrating to guard, I would love that for us. Yeah, it would be I just fun don't to know how possible we five, five and score in college. It makes no sense to me. It would be fun to have one of those players on our team finally instead of having right. a thousand <laughs> points against us every time. Yeah. All right. Anything else with college sports in general? I I think that um, um, shout wanna... out to the. I was gonna say shout out to the women's team, um, runners up for the ACC this season. Um, there's no NCAA championship this season, but they played well, lost to the number one team in the country, three to two today. But shout out to them, always, always performing. Focky won the ACC championship. Yeah, they did. Got the revenge season on Louisville. Um, I wanted to backtrack to football for a second and say that I think that the uniforms that we wore yesterday were the best alternate uniform that we've seen any Carolina team wear in our time. So clean. I was <laughs> so I was gushing over those, man. It yeah. looked really good, and every picture I've seen of them has looked better. I'm the drop shadow on the numbers looks like perfect. Yes, no, the the blue outline on the white numbers, that oh, that was beautiful. 
Miles like was making like, those sacks. Like the old Carolina blue, and then you could see like their undershirts and the helmet is another yeah, Carolina and the helmet, blue. Yeah, the helmet like, looked different, which is our marching uniform. Yeah, but, but I kind of liked Baz, it. It's like in the old days where they didn't know how to match colors. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's very clean. I hope those get brought back. Chaz making a sack reminded he made he looked like an old school rude boy, even though he's not a defensive back. Still a rude boy in my mind. Moving on to the NFL, um, Aaron, your quarterback just said real G's move in silence like lasagna. I just wanted to let you know that that happened. Do you disagree with that statement? I, I mean, I, it's an objective statement. I, I don't think there's anything I can disagree with there. I just wanted to let you know that Baker Mayfield um, was said that real G's move in silence like lasagna. Good. I don't have anything to say about the Panthers. Um, Man, they're... I, I don't, I, actually, I'm not going to say that. I don't hate this team. I, I, like, it is what I expected. It gave me false hope at the beginning of the year. The coaching staff pending Joe Brady. Like, I, like, I want to know how much of this is Matt Rule and how much of this is Joe Brady. But I, I like the beginnings of what's happening on offense. The, I mean, the is... only team that's beaten us down is the Bucks both times. Everyone else has been a one-possession game. I feel like Co- uh, Matt Rule, he has not earned Coach Rule yet. Um, Matt Rule knows how to coach an underdog. So we'll see how he does against the teams we're supposed to beat. I don't know who that's supposed to be in our schedule. I have not looked at it in a very long time. We'll see. That's all I have to say about the Panthers. Yeah. I don't have much to say about the Titans. We got wrecked by the Colts. Colts always have our number. So, what is happening with Derrick Henry, man? I keep starting him, and he keeps on disappointing me. <laughs> well, it's 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 kind of like what happens with Sam Howell. I mean, Sam Howell is Sam Howell, and he just destroys teams. But last year, kind of a bit of an unknown, but like so that people can't defend him, people are literally selling out on Derrick Henry because they know how strong of a running team we are. So if you can sell out on Derrick Henry, then you 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 just have to make sure that Ryan Tannehill doesn't outpass it. I'm Ryan Tannehill, a, a, a really good quarterback, but he's not a prolific passer, I would say, by any stretch of the imagination. So if you can stop Derek and just load the box, and you're already giving yourself a better chance, I would say, than letting De- Derek just run all over you. Also, our offensive line is getting really bad and banged up. Mm. Offensive lines are very important to running success. We, we saw that yesterday with the Panthers, or not with the Panthers, with Carolina. Yeah, our guard, Roger Saffold, uh, got injured. He's been banged up. So, yeah, it's, it's getting a lot worse. Aaron, did your family survive the hailstorm today? <laughs> um, they were not in attendance in the game. My, Well, I mean, my family was, but not my nuclear family. My aunt and two cousins and uncle went to the game. And I think they had a fun time. Um, I mean, Browns won. That's better that we'll sit through any weather through for a Browns win. I don't know about any weather. Y'all are different up here. I won't sit through anything. I mean, I fell asleep during the third quarter, so I can't talk. But I was also watching the game from my bed, not from the stadium. Let's move on to the NBA. 
the so trades start probably by the time I get around to editing this episode. It looks the unofficial trade, the big one that's happened is Dennis Schroeder from Oklahoma City to the Lakers for the 28th pick and Danny Green has been the big one that's happened so far, which a lot of people are taking to mean that Rajon Rondo is out of um, Los Angeles. But I think there's going to be a good amount of movement tomorrow. Who knows what the Rockets are going to look like by the time the season rolls around in about a month. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems like everybody wants out of there. I've also seen Russell uh, Russell Westbrook to the Hornets is something I've seen. I don't know. For what? I've seen it. I saw another conflicting report where he was like, nah, I don't want to go to the Hornets. Who would, honestly? So do we think, is James Harden the problem? Define, is he the problem? Do you think he's the reason why Houston's in the state that it's in? I mean, Houston is in Texas. Thanks, David is where it is because partly because they don't have a center so there's only like so many options they have as for scoring well to be and, fair they do have a center they're 10 or 6 5 yeah that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be an issue for you i mean look should this houston team stay together for this season, they are going to be great in the regular season, and like the season, they're going to get spanked in the playoffs. Because you can't go into the playoffs without a center. That's, it's just not going to work out for you. So, Is James Harden the issue? It seems like people don't like playing with James Harden because James Harden has the ball all the time and he, does, he doesn't like passing. So, It's that ISO basketball that I mean, say what you want, but Kobe said it himself that he's not going to, you're not going to win a championship with that style of basketball. Even when they had Chris Paul on the team was when they were the best. I feel like, I mean, they made it to game seven of the conference championship and lost to the 72 and Warriors. I'd take Harden over Westbrook any day though. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I think that Harden is really good, but I don't know if he's good enough to be like, ISO your whole, like, be the black hole of the offense. I mean, that's tough, Harden or Westbrook, because it's if you put James Harden on one team, you put Russell Westbrook on a different team. I mean, I know they've played together before they were in Houston, but I feel like it's the same problem on what both of whatever teams they're on is James Harden is two ball dominant, Russell Westbrook is two ball dominant. That's a tough question, Mav. I don't know which one I'd rather have. I I am inclined to say James Harden just because he's a better scorer, but I'm I don't feel like a hundred percent confident in that. I'm one hundred percent confident that Russell Westbrook is not going to lead a, cha- a team to a championship on his own, and Oklahoma City is the proof of that. He he averaged yeah, a triple double. He aver- he got his and averaged a triple double in a season. He's not leading a team to a championship. I think James Harden could. I don't know. I think especially come playoff time, James Harden is such a liability defensively. 
and we've seen that defense matters in the playoffs. I don't know. I feel like if if you find a coach that can moat, the problem with James Harden on defense is not ability, it's effort. And I think if you can get and we've seen that. We saw that in the game where he yeah, blocked. He blocked um, he, yeah, he knocked out Oklahoma City because he blocked the three-point shot. Yeah, and that was all effort. He's good on defense if he cares about defense. The problem with him is finding a coach that can get him to lock in on defense like 60 games a year during a regular season and every game in the playoffs. D'Antoni enabled him to be like, yeah, let's just score. Yeah, Defense optional. <laughs> it's hard. So, yeah, no, I think there's going to be a lot of trades coming up. It, it, it's going to be fun. And then we have the draft happened? Thursday. Did you see what happened with Kevin Porter Jr. this morning Mm-mm. or last night? He got arrested for having an illegal firearm. Um, so, I mean, the Cavs already suck, but kind of might be in more <laughs> flux. Mm-hmm. We're two years I'm away so from being two I'm years not. away. I'm so glad I'm not a Hornets fan anymore. <laughs> are you a fan of yeah, a team, or are you just appreciate the colorway and keep it moving? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah, I appreciate the colors. If they're on, I'll watch them. I am. Once LeBron leaves, I will not have an allegiance to anybody. <laughs> Cavs bandwagon is taking you. applicants. The hey. Brotherhood without banners is a wonderful way to watch basketball. <laughs> Magic. But no, not only do we have the draft this Thursday, free agency starts 48 hours afterwards. So that's the closest we've got to our old conversation about having the free having free agency prior to the draft. Yeah, and I'm a yeah. big fan of that because then you can address what you want in the draft. I just feel like it makes sense. Like in my brain, it just makes sense that you have free agency before the draft because then you can draft. To, I don't know. Maybe that makes too much sense. I do anticipate Dallas is going to be pretty active, both in the draft or in free agency. I, we could very well make some trades this week, so I'm anxious to see. Uh, I saw rumors of Wesley Matthews going to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I also saw that. I don't know. I know Giannis has his, his option that he can pick up. I know uh, that there's a lot of... Um, I don't know. It's just weird. You know, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say because, like, after this past season, it's kind of hard to tell where teams are. Are the Suns actually for real or was it bubble magic? You know, was, you know, you know, the, the Trailblazers, can they contend with another piece or like, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of questions. And I don't know if the bubble gave a couple teams false hope or if it's real. I don't know. All I know is that the Warriors having a, t- a number two pick is going to suck. <laughs> Especially if James Wiseman actually pans out. Well, that's gonna be a really fun team though. It will be fun. I just I don't I don't I don't want I don't want the light skin squad to win again. <laughs> <laughs> Those are Discord spots, David, not, not not outside thoughts. Those are those are the inside thoughts. <laughs> and I'm the one who's had three drinks this, today. <laughs> I'm high off life, man. I don't need alcohol. <laughs> I think that's so. it for sports, honestly. Yeah, I think so too. I haven't watched this week's Mandalorian, but I know David has not watched last week's Mandalorian. Yes, I'm now caught up until this week. I'm caught up until this week. 
so we can talk about David. Um, let's take a break on Mandalorian. I am going to probably watch the most recent episode like now, and we can maybe do a a little Mandalorian thoughts later this year. Okay. I, also, I rewatched all of season one as well. So I rewatched all of season one, and then I watched the last two episodes this past week just to get back in the schmood. I am good to go ahead and get out of here. By the way, Carolina football is off next week. Um, and Carolina basketball is in its last week before games start. So it probably won't be well, let's talk much about. for us to talk about next week. So I have to do some more introspective boys and stuff like that that we did a couple weeks ago which would be fun i'm down anyway thank you for listening to this episode of never made varsity we will talk to y'all i guess next week if not we're probably going to be talking about college basketball two weeks from now i don't know what we're going to do so i got with us